Good morning, church. It is awesome to be a guest speaker um, here this morning. One of the great privileges of being a guest speaker is I can come up here and say some really difficult stuff and then leave and not have to see you guys anymore. And majors have to take care of all the hard stuff. Um, this morning, though, um, I'm going to talk about something that's, that's difficult for me to talk about because um, it's something I struggle with really bad, and it's something I'm learning. So if some of the stuff isn't well thought out or formulated, it's because of stuff that I'm wrestling with right now. And I want you guys to know that I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what God's putting on my heart, and, and it's really challenging me with. And so I want to share that with you today. Um, one of the things that it is, is we're going to talk about what offends you. What offends you? Are you easily offended? Is it hard to offend you? Um, I have a couple of pictures that I, I have on here that, that may bring certain, certain warm, fuzzy feelings inside when you see them. There's that. Flags, flags. People get upset about flags. There's a Confederate flag, the LGBT flag. Here are people. These are Christians holding up signs that say some really mean stuff. Maybe you find that offensive. Some people find meat offensive. Some of you guys are saying, that looks really good. Some of you guys are like, how could you ever eat meat? That is so offensive. Um, Christians, um, when it comes to, to being Christians, we get offended a lot of times by religious stuff or people who take something that we mean for good and they twist it like the Jesus fish and they turn it to Darwin fish. Or um, we always get offended by how people portray Jesus, right? So, like, if you're watching TV and they have a portrayal of Jesus, we get offended if the, the portrayal is poor or if it's blasphemous. Um, here's uh, black Jesus from Adult Swim. Is Jesus. He has two 40s. Um, and then there's this. This is Kanye West, who calls himself Jesus. He has a crown of thorns on his head. Um, people find this stuff offensive, right? Um, how many of you guys get offended? Yeah, get offended. How many of you guys got offended on your way to church today? Like someone cut you off, and you're like, what the heck? Yeah? You guys get offended in the car when you see stuff? We call um, driving forgiveness practice. That's what it's called. It gives you an opportunity the whole way. But we're going to talk about this. Um, we're in a time right now, especially because it's a political season, um, and because of our culture and political correctness, we live in a time where... People are offended all the time, right? When you turn on the radio or turn on the news, it's either learning how um, what you did was offended, how you might have offended somebody, or why people are offended. Everybody's mad. Everybody's angry. Everybody feels like um, everybody feels like they're in, it's their God given right to be mad. And this is what the Bible says: in the last days will happen. Jesus says this, and then shall many be offended. And they shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Does that describe our time now? Everybody's offended. And because everybody's offended, everybody's grown colder and colder towards each other. We're going to talk about that. Um, I'm learning about what it means to be unoffendable. And is it possible? Is it something that we should be? And so um, before we get any further, though, I'll just, can we just pray for a sec? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for loving us the way that you do. I thank you for your patience with us, God. I thank you for your example. 
Lord, I just pray right now that as I speak, Lord, that anything that is off or doesn't make sense or is just flat out wrong, God, that everybody in this room would know that that's me talking and they wouldn't credit any of that to you. And, Lord, I just also pray in the same vein that, Lord, that anything that comes out of my lips today that makes sense or speaks to someone's heart, Lord, that they would know that has nothing to do with me, that it's all you. Speak to our hearts today, God. Soften them. Soften our hearts. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I'm talking about being offended, I'm talking about things that are offensive. So we're going to look at offensive. It's an adjective that means this, an object or an action causing someone to feel hurt, angry, or upset, rude or insulting, hurt, angry, or upset. If any of you guys are ever on Twitter or on Facebook or listen to talk radio, you know that there is a lot of hurt, angry, and upset people. Am I right? Yeah? It's tough, man. People get in these big, long Twitter debates or on Facebook. They see a picture and someone says something bad about it. And then there's 10 comments bad, 10 more. It just goes on and on. We talk about being offended. Right? There's so much offensive stuff we say in the world. And so when we're talking about being offended, we're usually talking about rights. Yeah? People are always talking about their God-given rights. You have no right to say that to me. Right? You have no right to do that. Or maybe you've said this. I have every right to be angry, Fulton. I have every right to be offended by what you did. Have any of you guys ever said you have every right to be angry? Anybody in this room? I have every right to be angry. What you did to me, I have every right. We're talking about rights, man. And as Christians, I, I wonder, where is this coming from? Our right to be offended. Do we have a right to be offended when somebody says something that we disagree with or someone does something that we don't agree with? Do we really have a right? What did Jesus model for us? Was he going around sticking his nose up at everybody because he was just so offended with the world? You know, we just celebrated um, Easter uh, a couple weekends ago. And, you know, Easter, we talk about Good Friday, right? Most offensive thing in the history of man. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ, right? That's offensive. Here's someone who didn't deserve it, any of it, sinless, blameless, is getting beat, spit upon, and goes on a cross, right? That's offensive. And he's on the cross and he says, forgive them, they know not what they do. But we have a right to be offended because Kanye West dressed like Jesus, and we get all self-righteous about it and get, he can't do that. That's so offensive. Is it more offensive than Jesus died on the cross? Think about this. The Last Supper, Jesus is with his closest friends, the disciples. And he's saying, listen, one of you guys is going to betray me. People are going to walk away. You know, and Peter said, not me, not me. And he denies them. All the, all the dudes scatter. You would think when Jesus rose from the dead, he was like, dude, where would you guys go? When he came back, he'd be like, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for showing up, bro. That would be how I would respond, right? But Jesus bakes some fish, makes some breakfasts. He's not offended by what they did. He doesn't feel like he has every right to tell them. He loves and forgives them. Yeah? You know, when we talk about this, um, 
Phil mentioned that we uh, have a program called Revolution Hawaii, and we talk with young adults all the time. And we were talking about this subject about being offended and being angry. And you'd be surprised. We look for excuses to be angry and offended. Like, what, you're telling me I can't be angry, Fulton? You're telling me I can't be offended? If someone knows better, then they should know better. And we have every right to be angry. If anybody should have known better, it should have been the people of Israel, knowing that Jesus was the Son of God. They'd been reading prophecies about it for hundreds of years, and he came. And what did they do? They put him on a cross. He didn't say, you should know better. He said, forgive them. They know not what they do. So this right to be offended, I'm trying to figure out where it comes from. But we could use another word, angry. Your right to be angry. Any, anybody here would admit to having a short temper? Huh? Anybody get angry this week? Anybody? Man, you guys are so, so good. I'm, just, I'm preaching to the wrong crowd. Our right to be angry. We have a theology of angry. In fact, sometimes we wear this anger and, and this um, offense like a badge because we're religious. Like, like, I should be offended by that. Yeah, we sit up in our little churches and say, the world is so offensive. Don't you think? Yes, it is. I am so offended by what's going on out there. I'm so angry. Let me tell you, in Scripture, you will not find Anger, when it comes to us having anger, there is not one positive verse about anger. There is not one verse that says you should be angry and go out and do something out of anger. Yet we defend it all the time. I have a right to be angry. Let's look at some of these verses. Um, But now you must rid yourself of all these things. Anger, rage, malice. Slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not be bitter or angry. I like this verse real quick because the verse, uh, two verses ahead of it, it says, um, don't go to bed. No, do not sin in your anger. So people will read that and say, see, it's okay to be angry as long as you don't sin in your anger. Right? They use that as an excuse. But if you read a couple more verses later, it says, do not be bitter or angry. That's not an excuse. Never shout angrily or say things to hurt others. Never do anything evil. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Anger resides in the lap of fools. You want to know who's angry all the time? Foolish people. You want to defend that? The Bible says this is where anger lives, in foolish people. And yet we want to say, well, I have a right to be angry. What about sin? Do we have a right to be angry about sin? It's a tough one. How many of you guys say, well, I'm, of course I'm angry. What that person is doing is a sin. I'm angry about it. What I find is, is when we're talking about being angry about sin, it's usually about other people's sin. Yeah? We don't get up in the morning and are really angry with all the sin in our life. Gosh, dang it, I'm so mad. Yeah? We're usually angry about other people's sin. We want the pardon. We want the grace. But other people need to pay for their sins. How does that work out? 
Some of us will say, what about injustice, Fulton? Shouldn't we be angry about injustice? Injustice is terrible. Should we be angry about injustice? Dude, we live in a world full of injustice. Yeah? If you're, if you're opening your eyes, you'd see it. You would be angry all the time if you were angry about injustice. Right? Kids, every day, millions of kids die because they don't have food, the basic necessities. There is more than enough food in the world to feed everybody, but yet millions of kids will die this year because they don't have enough food to eat. That's gross. Kids will be sold into human trafficking. That's disgusting. Do you have a right to get angry about that stuff? Is that the response that we're called to have? A lot of Christians will tell me, Fulton, we need to be angry because it makes us, that's how we respond. We need to get angry so we'll respond. Really? As Christians, we're supposed to operate out of anger? That's what should motivate us? Do you guys like it when people operate out of anger? Do you want our judges, our judicial system to operate out of anger? Or justice? Do you want police officers to operate out of anger? No. In fact, in the military, they teach you not to do that, right? They want you to do what's right. They don't want you to operate off of emotions and anger. Let me tell you, as angry as you get about starvation, world hunger, you being angry doesn't help anything. You being angry about it doesn't give a kid a meal. Doesn't stop someone from getting human trafficked. Anger is not action. Amen? We live in a time where people uh, think they've done a lot because they've retweeted something. Retweet if you want to end human trafficking. I did. I did my part. That's not anything, man. Talking about it on the internet and being enraged, that doesn't help anybody. Mother Teresa, who gave her whole life to living in the the poorest part of India, Feeding those that were hungry. Was she operating out of anger? She wasn't there because she was mad. She was there because she was compassionate. She saw an injustice and she had compassion for people. And she recognized it. We need to get rid of this, this idea that we have a right to be angry. Amen? The other thing about our rights is, um, it's important, is our rights are usually wrong. But before I get there, I keep on jumping the gun. I want to tell you this, this uh, parable that Jesus shared with his disciples. And it sums up, really, us being upset at other people's sin. It's the parable of the wicked servant. So there was a king, and he was doing some accounting. And he found, when the people were going through his books, he found one of his servants owed him millions of dollars. So he called for the servant, and he called for his family and his children and said, hey, you owe me millions of dollars, bro. I'm taking you and your family, and I'm selling you into slavery to cover the cost. And the servant said, please, please, can you just give me a little bit more time? I promise if you just give me a little bit more time, I could pay you in full. And the king was moved and had mercy on him, and he said, you know what? 
you can go. You don't have to pay me back. The millions of dollars you owe me, I'm going to erase it. Could you imagine someone forgiving a million-dollar debt to you? What a burden that would be off your shoulders, how happy you would be. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever had student loans or bills that need to be paid. It is a burden. Yeah? How awesome is it someone says, you know what, forget about it. I'll take the cost. I'll cover it. Yeah, no one's ever said that to you, yeah? No. How amazing. But the story doesn't end there. No sooner does that servant who was forgiven that huge amount of money, he goes down the street and he sees one of his brothers that owes him a couple hundred bucks. And he says, hey, bro, where's that money you owe me? The guy goes, I'll get it to you. He goes, no, you're going to go to jail until you pay me back. The other servants saw this and they tell the king, he's like, bro, you know the guy you just forgave a million dollar debt to? He just went and threw a guy in jail because he owed him a hundred bucks. The king got mad, grabbed that wicked servant, threw him in jail, threw away the key. Right? It's disgusting. But here's the thing. If you today are still holding on to anger or bitterness or offended by somebody, that's you. You're the wicked servant. That's me. When we're saying, oh, I can't forgive them. You know what they did to me? After all Jesus has done for me, and I'm saying, you know what that person did? I can't forgive them. We're the wicked servant in that story. Jesus wants us to forgive other people like he forgave us. It's a matter of the heart, yeah? And um, we like to judge other people because we think that we're right and we know everything. But um, we got to be, we got to slow that down. You know, the, the Bible says that we don't even know our own heart. And it says the heart above all things is wicked and deceitful. How many of you guys have played that mental chess game where you're trying to figure out why someone's doing what they're doing? Or you think you know, yeah? Oh, I know why they did that. You think it's good, but I know the real reason they're doing it. I got it all figured out. Here's the thing. You're right is most likely wrong. Yeah? The Bible says this. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the thoughts of the heart. Even times when we're doing things that we think is good and our motives are pure, they're usually not. They're usually not. I, even me up here. I'm up here and I'm sharing God's word and I love to do it and I want God to get the glory, but there's part of me that wants to do good for me. That's not pure. How about this? We try to judge other people's hearts. The Bible says we don't even know our own. This is, what, this is what Paul says. I love this. It says this. It is not the most important thing for me to, to care about what you or any other people think of me. Even what I think of myself doesn't mean much. As for me, my heart tells me I'm not guilty of anything. But that does not prove I am free from guilt. It is the Lord who looks into my life and says what is wrong. Do not be quick to say who is right or wrong. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring into the light the things that are hidden in a man's heart. Paul's saying, man, I think I'm blameless. I think I'm doing okay, but I can't be the judge of that. Only God knows. People are like, what about righteous anger? You know, God gets angry. Jesus got angry. Jesus is God, and he was sinless. He could be trusted with it. We can't be. 
Here's the hard part. How do we change? People talk about their rights all the time. Um, I have a right not to be offended or you had no right to treat me this way. Isn't being a Christian about giving up those, those rights? Isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus modeled for us? How many times should I forgive? Seven? Seventy times seven? Even as I say this, I know, and maybe there's some of you like me, I know that there's people in my life right now where when they come into a room, oh, man, my stomach drops because I have a grudge against them or my heart's grown really bitter. Yeah, like, oh, that person's there. I don't know, maybe you have someone like that in your life. Maybe that, that, it's the kind of person that, when you hear other people talking nice about the, that person, you want to interrupt and say, oh, you think that person's like that. Let me tell you the real thing. You hate when anybody's talking good about them because you know something different. Are you tired of that feeling? Are you tired of feeling weighed down by being the judge and the jury? By being offended by everything? Doesn't it take its toll on you? It's tiring. Being offended all the time is tiring. But it's a matter of the heart. Um, You guys all got a rock today, maybe, yeah? Anybody, everybody get one when they came in? I want you to taste it. Is rock candy? No, it's not. Don't taste it. When I come up here and I talk about being unoffendable, a lot of people think of me that saying, like, you need to grow thicker skin. You know, like, hey, toughen up. You're offended by everything. You need to toughen up, right? You need to get a little tougher. Grow a thicker skin. Get calloused a bit. But I want you to know that that's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. The fact is, is if you're always offended and you're always offended by everybody people like to hide behind that like that means they're really religious or they're really sensitive but the truth is you have a hard heart you have a hard heart if you only see other people's sins and are offended by it that means you have a hard heart jesus was always with people who other people found offensive yeah Why is he with prostitutes? Why is he with lepers? Why is he with sinners and tax collectors? That's so offensive. No, that's ministry. Letting go of being offended by other people's actions is ministry. It's not saying I have a right to be mad at you. It's saying, man, I recognize that as sin, and you know how I recognize it? Because I'm full of it myself. Yeah? Instead of saying, oh, I I can't be with those people. You know what they did? It's, man, I know what they did because sin sucks, man, and it takes people's lives, and it takes something good and makes it bad. That's why I know they're acting like they're acting. Dude, if you knew how much Jesus forgave me for, you would have no problem being good for that person. The Bible says this about our hearts. When we come to know God, it says, I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit with you. I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I want you to hold this rock that you have. And I want it to symbolize your heart. I want you to spend some time. We're going to spend some time with God. Yeah? 
God could talk to you a lot clearer and better than I can. He has a way with words that aren't even audible. He could speak to your heart. But what I want you to do is I want you to look at this rock and say, God, what is it that I'm making? What's making my heart hard? Who is it? What is it that I'm holding on to that I need to let go of, God? Because, you know, when you're holding on to bitterness and anger and being offended, you're really not trusting God with it. Yeah? You're really not trusting God like, like, if I don't judge this person, if I don't hold this person accountable, then who will? Yeah? When God says forgive him, you're saying, ah, I want to, but I don't want this guy to get off the hook. I'll tell you something. The reason why we like to hold on to our anger is because it makes us feel better about ourselves, yeah? Righteous anger, when we talk about righteous anger, it's usually self-righteous anger. I mean, I sinned, but I wouldn't do what this person did. And I'll tell you what, it's a sacrifice to let it go. It's a sacrifice because that's the only thing you have saying, hey, look at this person hurt me. Look at what they did. That's something I can grasp onto. When you let that go, that's tough. That's a sacrifice. But that's what Jesus did for us. He died on a cross. While we were still sinners, he died on a cross. And so I would ask, as we play some music and you look at this, I would say, Take some time and pray to God and not ask yourself what offends me. But the Bible says that, that David said, God, search my heart and find out if there's any offense in me that offends you. Take some time to do that. Say, God, what is it that offends you in my life? How am I the wicked servant in the story today, God? What sins have I not forgiven that is making my heart hard? And ask God to say, God, let me trust you enough to give it to you. I don't want a hard heart. I'm tired of being offended all the time. I'm tired of being angry. Man, it's tiring work. Help me to do the right thing. And what I would ask is, after you spend some time with God, if you want to get rid of this symbolically and say, you know what? I'm giving up my heart of stone for a heart of flesh, God. Keep my heart soft. It's not about toughening up and making it callous. Keep my heart broken, Lord. So when I see people in need, when I see people who are hurting, when I see people who are lost in sin, my heart would break like yours does. I know to come up and put it on the altar is a big thing. Some of you guys aren't down to do that, don't want to do that. You could do it at your seat. It doesn't matter. But take the time to at least talk with God about it. Yeah? And I would say this, if you're not ready to give it up yet, if you still want to hold on to that bitter pill, if you still want your heart to be hard, then keep it. Keep the rock. Hopefully you put it in your pocket and wash your clothes and you hear something clanging and you'll remember, oh man, I'm still holding on to this thing. I'll get rid of it someday. Today, let today be the day. Yeah? As Christians, I believe that we should be the most unoffendable people in the earth. Because we recognize sin for what it is, and we recognize we're sinners the same way. Take some time. Ask God to remove your hard hearts. Come up and give it to him. Let it be symbolic. Don't leave here today with the same hard heart, bitterness, anger. Let it go. It's not doing anybody any good, especially not you. 
take some time, spend it with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for speaking to our hearts. Father, as we've symbolically placed this rock on the altar, Lord, we we pray, Lord, that we would be able to release those things that will hold us back. Father, release those things, those thoughts of anger and resentment and bitterness. Father, we want to be released from that. Lord, help us to to love others, to forgive. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your messenger. Thank you for the power of love and forgiveness. That is who you are, Jesus. And so, Father, as we leave this day, we leave with a changed heart. And we pray, Father, each and every day that you would continue to change our heart. Keep our hearts soft, Lord. Keep our spirits tender and vulnerable so that you and your Holy Spirit can continue to work in our lives and to make us the kind of people that you want us to be. Father, we want to be men and women and boys and girls after God's own heart, after your own heart, Jesus. That is our prayer today. So, Lord, continue. Continue to bless us. Continue to move in our hearts and our lives. And, Lord, we give you all the praise the honor, and the glory. And Father, I pray all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.